Bro, coffee is getting more complicated than unwind. I'm done with this world. There's actually hundreds more of like the flavor components or whatever the fuck they're called in coffee than in wine. Interesting. Take, take it from this barista, whatever the fuck they're called. <laughs> whatever the, whatever the, the wine people, because wine is so complex and all this shit going on. Tannins? I don't know. I tannins? tannins? Flavor That's compounds? Profiles? I'm pretty sure they're profiles. Oh, Prof- compounds? What was it? Tannins? Malachite? Malachite? <laughs> 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 He's just going to keep yelling it until eventually one of us is right. Powder Malachite? <laughs> April 10th, 2017, I'm Ryan, I'm Sandy, and I'm Yannick, and this is Pixels Weekly, <laughs> <It's> Pixels <laughs> Weekly, what's the matter, you couldn't wait for it? I wasn't, I couldn't, I don't know, I, I felt anxious all of a sudden, I was like, I'm getting tantric on you, I'm getting I, I, tantric. You need to keep the tempo, I didn't work for me. <laughs> What's the usually yeah the, the usual beat and this is Pixels Weekly that's yeah there we go, there we go. Mm. There we go. Yeah, yeah. you can edit Better. my part if that's a too boring no way part. we're keeping it all in, baby <laughs> it. no I'm sorry I've, I've had a rough week it's been full of emotions and I I just wasn't ready for this one you know well was, let's talk about that a week. little bit I mean what happened this week <laughs> well you guys know yesterday we had a little bit of a story so. Uh, Yesterday was uh, April fifth, right? And uh, yesterday was the um, the time when we record. Today is Thursday, and yesterday yeah. was the first deadline, uh, the first time where you could technically order BlizzCon tickets. And I was all excited and prepared for it, and uh, and ready. The only problem is that uh, uh, cooking for me and and my beautiful girlfriend, we um, I unfortunately use a mandolin that I never used before. And uh, I basically uh, added some meat to a sweet potato. Was that? You zigged when you should have zagged. <laughs> yeah, I zigged when I should have zagged. And uh, it never happened to me before. So, I don't know. It took me like a, a good 30 minutes to stop the bleeding at the top of my fingertip of my thumb. Um, so, nothing funny here. Really, like, annoying. Uh, but I'm o- I'm okay. I actually managed to play Rocket League today at work at break. And... Uh, I felt, I felt, I felt reinsured. I was like, "Oh, okay, I can still play." You're uh, you're recovering from your injuries. Yeah, and I won, <laughs> and I won an Overwatch competitive games too. So it seemed that you're I'm, fine. I'm not, I'm not at a hundred percent. You know, I'm I have to pull it out. <laughs> but um, and it had so much more pressure and tension in my other fingers. It's so weird. I've been thinking about it today. I'm like, I have nine fingers, and I'm a complete, like I'm a complete children when it comes to. Lace, lacing my shoes and and lifting up stuff and everything it's like everything is has changed but that's what well, i've been through guys how how, how have you I been the, I, I saw that, the band that was small. i saw it on his thumb it doesn't look that bad okay well you know why because <laughs> I, I discovered i discovered those uh fingertip band-aids that are just protecting it perfectly <laughs> um, oh no still... we're doing the podcast oh this is what we get boys? for taking away hosts from the room yep Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, Curtis. Yep. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Curtis, if you're going to join the show, you better just record yourself because I'm not editing this stuff in. 
Uh, all right, fine. <laughs> all right. Well, we have a guest. You're today. just joining the show. Is that what you've decided? Yeah, I mean, I got nothing else to do. Welcome. I mean, Kurt. I mean, unless that makes it harder for you guys, I'll, I'll just leave. I don't care. No, this is so meta. Just keep it. Let me just write this timestamp down because it seems like something I'm going to have to remember. <laughs> timestamp zero. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, should have labeled the room hosts. Uh, somebody changed them all to scone. <laughs> well, you know who that is. Was it Tyler or you, Curtis? No, it wasn't me. So we record on Discord uh, servers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on our Discord, we re- we usually have a a recording slash host uh, server, but mm-hmm. some people still have rights to rename those um, voice channels, and uh, <laughs> and 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 the names of all of them are right now V three Scone, V two Hey Scone, and V one Scone. So, so what I, I did, it's a beautiful now, let thing. me, I'm going to take charge of the channels again. I'm going to call it hosts. Um, <laughs> what I did was I, so recently Discord rolled out an update um, that lets you keyboard toggle between these rooms. Yeah. And it the struck me that we K. had a general voice room and a room called Scone <laughs> and <laughs> a room called Hosts, which is the room that we used to record the show. And I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put V1, V2, V3 in front of them. That way, there's when you go to type. That's very smart. It's a guarantee to like be able to filter yep. straight to the voice channels. Mm-hmm. Voice 1, voice 2, voice 3. Um, and let's face it, host should be voice 1, right? That's, that's the... Um, but, oh, yeah, uh, I, re- I rearranged the... the that's fine. The I'm, I'm fine with host being V3. But, uh, yeah, so sure enough, I get into Discord this afternoon, and someone has named them all Scone. <laughs> someone. Well, Which, the host one has a picture of an ice cream cone, so I like to believe it was S. Cone. Yeah, well, I mean, that was... <laughs> I, oh I gave the Scone room the ice cream cone because I was like, it's a, it, you know, it explains how to say it. Um. <laughs> but well, can I can now, I name now, this? Yeah, we're way off track. But can the, I name the this is, the beginning of the show as the best one ever? We we've ever this done. This is the weirdest <laughs> intro. Hey, Yannick, though, I've got something that'll make you your thumb feel better. Do you okay. want to hear it? Oh, yeah. It's listener mail. Hey! hey. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad um, Curtis is here too because he's part of the dream. So is he? The June yes. must be Kurt, a nightmare. Yeah, Curtis, is, Curtis is on the show and now part of the dream. Rip the dream. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> so uh, we got we got a uh, listener that wrote in, Justin L. Um, he wrote in. He said, "Hey, Pixels Weekly crew, I wanted to write you guys for a while now, but real life and game obligations have taken my time. Understandably so, Justin. Good for you. I found you guys from Yannick's brief appearance on the Crucible Radio podcast when he went to Guardian Con last year." I thought, why not give it a listen and have been a loyal listener ever since. I even went back and started from the beginning. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry for all the audio problems that you heard. (laughs) As your group dynamic had me sold. Uh, He goes on to say, I may not always agree with your opinions, such as Ryan's Patriots love and hardcore Blizzard fanboy fangirling. But I enjoy having your views, which has made me give many other games a second look. You guys hold a special spot and my podcast listening schedule. Please keep up the good work, and thank you for all you do in entertaining us each Monday. And uh, there's a PS where he goes on to agree with Yannick about Destiny 2 hype. So 
what we wanted to do for you, Justin, is basically <laughs> do an episode where somehow Curtis gets on the show. So there are two people that love the Patriots on the show. <laughs> and and also do else. an episode where there is Blizzard news to talk about. So if you want to just tune out now, I I understand. But please, wait, wait, I, yeah, I want to put a warning on that. I don't think for this time Blizzard is gonna get all love and and love and I'm just teasing it right here. I'm just I don't don't think Blizzard oh. is only gonna get love this 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 episode. That's or a threat, they? isn't it? No, should that- they? That sounds like a threat to me. No, no. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it develops along the show. I will take your other thumb, sir. <laughs> but I would want to know if, and that I don't know how how you feel, guys. But that just warms my warms my feels, warms my heart when I have a when we have a um, a mail like this. This is one that you want to have every week, and uh, and we'll we'll try to do our best to entertain you and. And make you keep listening to us. But if you, I am going to Gordon Con. If you ever thinking about going there, since I I might understand that you're a diehard Destiny fan, and if you're going there, I'll be excited and thrilled to meet you. So, find me on thepixelsweekly.com. You have my contact info. You can definitely reach out to me, and we can keep in touch. And if you're going at Gordon Con, we should definitely meet up. Yeah, thank and thank you so much. Yannick for writing has a new best friend. Yannick's mm-hmm. got a new best. Uh, yeah, you know what? I think between the Blizzard fanboying and the Patriot stuff, I'm finally reached the point in the podcast where I'm someone's least favorite. So <laughs> it's kind of it's an honor in a weird way. It's an honor. Yeah, uh, a title. Yeah, a <laughs> and uh, Justin wrote in just like you can at pixelsweekly.com. Ask slash ask. And uh, despite what you've heard so far, we're a weekly video game podcast <laughs> that comes out every Monday. And we're usually a bit more prepared than this there's usually not a fourth host joining as the show starts <laughs> totally prepared totally prepared. Uh, so curtis because you probably didn't come prepared with any news you want to talk about unless you did and today on the show we're talking about ukulele project scorpio macintosh gaming and a bunch of blizzard crap let's start with the news and uh, sandy you're up me I'm going to start with some Blizzard stuff. No! Let's go. Dive right in. <laughs> oh, no. Good. And Dive. how awful it is. Right yeah. in. Yeah. Shut your face, Curtis. Um, no, but remember in episode 54 where we talked about cheating? Oh, I don't. No, I'm just kidding. I do. So, <laughs> I don't listen to the show. Episode 54, we talked about cheating. Um, we just found out that Blizzard has won an $8.5 million lawsuit against an Overwatch cheat maker. Whoa. And this was granted in a court in California uh, against a company called Bossland. And they were hit with 42,818 counts of copyright infringement. That's a little bit. The ruling also prevents them from selling anything on American soil. Whoa. They've also been banned in Germany and the UK. Well, this but is good. Get the pay. cheaters out of our Overwatch. That's what I say. Yeah, Blizzard's big argument was that uh, Bossland, the hacks that they sell, destroy the integrity of the game, which frustrates legitimate players, and it diverts revenue from Blizzard. So they're like, you're stealing our money. Pay us. I just want to say, as a Patriots fan... I don't want to hear about the integrity of the game ever again. <laughs> did you, I watched that game in person. So did you look at what uh, Boston, what special, the name of the, not that I want to advertise, but I'm kind of like, 
you know, things to avoid kind of thing. If we have to give that to our listener. Uh, <laughs> Listen what? to Yannick. He's like, cheating. Cheat software. That's horrible. Horrible. What's Where would the... you download something? <laughs> would you... But what's but the what website? Boslin, what, what's the software that they made? Or was it like an aimbot? Was it like... They've just had like a variety of hacks for cheating. And they do have a website. They've got Pokefarmer, Honor Buddy, Demon Buddy, Heart Buddy. I might be interested in, in Pokefarmer. It's going to hurt anybody. Yeah, that's a, that's for me. That's for Daddy. Yeah, I yeah. just made I just made the count. Uh, Eight point six million dollars for forty two something counts of copyright infringement. That's two hundred dollars per copyright infringement. That's not bad. Just watch out on your copyright infringement, guys. It's almost the price of a Wii U every time. <laughs> All right. So for my first piece of news, um, I I want to talk about ukulele. This is a Kickstarter project that i've backed it's from the guys that made banjo kazooie or the team that was at rare that made those banjo kazooie type games i was super super excited for this game and then this week the review copies started to go out and lo and behold polygon gave ukulele a five ign gave it a seven so the kind of middling reviews so so the first thing i wanted to say was are any of you guys up on ukulele stuff, slash, were you paying attention to it, slash, were you excited for it? No. I, mean, I was <laughs> okay. excited for it. I had seen, you know, clips here and there, yeah. and the, like, the writing and, like, the jokes they make remind you of Banjo-Kazooie immediately. And and in some of the negative reviews I've read, they've actually, like, criticized that part of the game, but it's the sort of thing that I would actually look forward to. So yeah, I think I'm I w- still going to play it. Even though it's not been getting great reviews, so I'm I'm on your side on that. I I think that like, like you said, the things that people are disagreeing with are kind of the things that I like about those games. You know, like, is it fun to have a collectathon that's kind of just about weird characters and these little open-ended levels or whatever? I don't think that bugs me at all. But the other thing I'm that's kind of tied into this is immediately the gaming community went. Oh, why did you give this game a five? It's not a five. Because at some point, everyone has decided that seven is like an average game. And well, because it is. <laughs> now, see, I'm going to debate you on this. On a scale of one to ten, shouldn't five be an average game? Right. Five, six would be average. Yeah. Math. Well, that w- I mean, that would assume that you get an even distribution of games across every score. Like, for every 10 games, you have 1, 1, 1, 2, 1, 3. Games almost never get below a 5. So, like, really, your scale is like a 5 to a 10. I yes. think IGN would, would score a 1 out of 10 if I made a game tomorrow and send it to them. <laughs> right, but the, the right. thing, no, they're not, they won't even review it. That's like, of the games that actually get reviewed by all the major websites, you rarely see these like below five scores Very so true, I, th- yeah, no. I think that there's something tied up in that too right which is ukulele was getting a lot of attention there was a lot of people backing it so yes of course it was going to get reviewed and then of course it's subject to being this sort of middle of the road sort of game which is fine i'm not expecting like a revelation of a character platformer in 2017 but i i think you're right curtis it's especially this past year we we have been hammered so often with seven and above that i mean when the last time we heard from davis davis was saying that like he's not going to play anything under a nine 
you know? Right. And I was actually thinking about that, too. Yeah. It's like, I remember when Davis said he wasn't going to play anything under a nine and that he'd never buy a Switch. He, he bought a Switch, you guys. And That's we right. all bought them. Yeah. But thanks to Zelda, he's not playing anything under a nine. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that, like, friendly reminder, five is middle of the road. You know, a lot of games that are 7.0s are 7.0s because, like you said, Curtis, outlets tend to review games that get of a lot of attention and games that get of a lot of attention, uh, get of a lot of attention, get a lot of attention, um, tend to be higher quality titles on average. So I either we need to, as video gamers, start opening our minds to scores that are lower than seven. Or we need to change the way we review video games and just put things into the bucket of horrible and broken or a new, like, 1 to 10 scale that is truly for, like, the Ubisoft games of the world that, like, let's face it, Ghost Recon Wildlands, if 7 is the new 0, is, what, a 3? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a negative 2 on that scale. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, no, I, I think I think you have a point there, and I also think that it's easy to lose track of the reviews are just a person in their opinion, and like if if you're like you or me and you just really are looking forward to another Banjo Kazooie game, I mean, I played Banjo Kazooie really for the first time a year ago with the rare collection that came on an Xbox. So good. And I I had a blast with it. And that game is super old now. And like if you're just telling me it's a that game with updated graphics basically, like I'm sign me up for that still. Especially on Switch, which is super hungry for games right now. Like it it may not be as good of a game objectively as like Zelda or like Horizon or any of these great titles coming out, but you don't really get any platformers like that either. Yeah. Someone in the comments of this article uh, said, yeah, as I was reading it, I kept thinking, but this is precisely what I wanted. Why are you so angry, sounding so angry about it? <laughs> and this is just yeah. like, I guess the, you know, the, the editors at Polygon, I just, I guess trying to find some kind of a, uh, some kind of a panel of requirements from a game that comes out in 2017. And, and from what I read on reviews, from looking at the rating, I guess they were expecting a little bit more innovation. Remember when Ratchet and Clank was remastered, but not only that, it was they were adding a lot more fun into the weapons and everything. Yeah, that like was this truly one a remake, a, I think, of Ratchet yeah, and Clank. Yeah, and this one is just like bright, bright new graphics on a dated framework and people still want that and and the review doesn't so well and i think it's interesting to point out in that scenario we we should move on after this but polygon the way they score games we've talked about this before is their reviewer writes and then their editorial team looks at the writing and get, assigns the game a score based off of the text that the writer wrote the way ign reviews games is that the person who writes the review is also in charge of giving the review oh, a score. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's funny, you know, like IGN and places get a reputation of like, oh, IGN gives everything a 10 or, you know, 10 out of 10 for like a Mass <laughs> Effect. But really, those are often the opinion of people who don't even work at IGN anymore. Yet it represents the entire outlet. People go, oh, 10 out of 10 IGN. Whereas like 
very often people say, oh, Polygon tends to score things lower, but Polygon is a consensus opinion that does more represent the entirety of the staff, at least at the point in time of the review. So it's different opinions, and you can you can read that same text in the Polygon review and come away thinking, this is a 7 for me, and this is an 8 for me, that just yeah. happened to not be the opinion of their staff. But I think the other thing here is that nostalgia is a hell of a thing, and that's something that we've talked about over and over again. Zelda was nostalgic enough to drag jaded people who want nothing to do with Nintendo into buying a Switch. So ukulele kind of hinting to Banjo-Kazooie and the games of, of the past where they're fun, they're not as heavy thinkers or something like that. It really draws people in. I was watching WrestleMania because I'm one of those. Oh, boy. And, like, the Hardy Brothers came back. These are 40-year-old <laughs> men who shouldn't be playing. Who shouldn't be playing? Who shouldn't be wrestling? They look terrible. I saw The but Undertaker, no and I was like, he's the one that needs to be in a grave. <laughs> yeah, and but the thing is, the nostalgia is so powerful that everyone was losing their minds when they came out. They were When Undertaker, that was his final match, people were out of control, losing their minds. If he were to come back in, like, six weeks, people would be happy and would pay whatever amount <laughs> WWE wants to watch him fight one more time. It's a, it's a powerful thing, and I think Polygon knew that people want another Banjo-Kazooie game, and they were like, let's, uh, let's throw something in there and kind of spice it up a bit. Because I think... Everyone will say maybe to seven. I think people will lean more towards like eight and nine. Cool. <laughs> Two cents. What else do we have? Um, I'm going to um, give a little tribute to a game that I never played, but you guys played a lot. I'm going to want to celebrate the five years anniversary of Diablo 3. And yeah, it's and right. I mean, that's way, what the, that's, all three of us that's have the, Blizzard news this week. <laughs> that's the feeling. Justin, that's the feeling. I'm sorry. Of, and that's my that's my only one. And 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 I'll I'll have other other exciting news after that. But Diablo three five years. Can you believe it? Can you believe Nathale's it? Nathaniel's misunderstood. Oh <laughs> I think Di Diablo three is just a great example of a game that has improved so much with oh. the, just the free. Well, I guess there was the paid expansion, but like. When that game first came out, it was a very different game than it is. It's like today. wine; it gets yeah. better every year, doesn't it? And and so yeah, that's that's my uh, <laughs> it's that's my my piece of news that I I read a, a great article on on the Verge, and I usually go to the Verge for other types of news uh, around science, culture, tech, or even cars and stuff like that. Um, by the way, you should check out the review of the new Nokia three three ten. They released a new version. That's kind of like a, a throwback right there, too. I know. Yeah, okay. Check it out. Find it online. I, I was amazed. I was like, <laughs> this is still a thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, so Diablo 3 is five years old, and it's, like the article says, it's isometric immortality. And, um, and in a world today where we talked a lot about Zelda, I just finished Horizon, and we were talking about Mass Effect, and, and even us on the show, we're putting a lot of uh, importance, a lot of emphasis on the script on the story that those those games are trying to tell us. Mm -hmm. And Diablo 3 is kind of like that antidote where, like, you're going to come from the gameplay and for the fact that it's a game and kind of, like, puts the story on the side and be like, hey... I don't think just, that. Just put put control right there. There, It's not that there is... I'm not saying there's no... Maybe I, you heard me wrong. There's, it's not that there is no story. But you come in 
and you just get a you get to be in control of your character's actions and fate but you like you come back and you recreate characters and you recreate just to have like just different experience and and just play those sessions of games over and over again and just get the um, just get the gameplay like suck you in and kind of like make you have that great experience that doesn't really put the uh, the script and the story on the forefront like some other games would do yeah and uh the, the loot system in diablo people love it uh but i only play diablo for the story right that's bizarre <laughs> i yeah i am a weird one i but play like, it for both but i mean i'm certainly not as uh as dedicated to it as kurt i mean curtis and tyler were playing on a difficulty level a few days ago i jumped in with them to try out some new content and literally every guy killed me in one hit <laughs> i play for the story and the cow level <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the the whimsy shire level is is great. Yep. Curse I mean, did I think Diablo I put, three at the beginning because I remember uh, very. I, I, I believe I pre-ordered because Diablo two is one of my favorite games of all time. And when Diablo three came out, even though it was way too hard and the loot system was broken and all of that, and I still the enjoyed real, it. Real money auction house. Oh, yeah. there there was mm-hmm. a ton of things wrong with it, but I mean it's still like at its core the like. How it feels playing compared to like any other action RPG like Path of Exile or Grim Dawn yeah. or anything. It's just so smooth and it's such a good game. But there's the, the, so that's what they're saying. Even online and the, the servers are going strong. The the game is smooth and you get expansions. You get the new Necromancer class um, upcoming soon. Seasonal context packs and everything. I mean Blizzard. You know we've said it here and I'm gonna sound like a fanboy for the last time of this episode, but. Blizzard knows how to do that. And I'm just asking you guys and I'm asking our listeners out there. And it's kind of like a call out to the other game developers. Is Blizzard the only company that is able to maintain a game for five years or more? Um, you know, it, it seems like those games having have a bright future, a brighter future the next day um, compared to the day before. And uh, we see that with World of Warcraft. We see that with... Um, we said that with Diablo 3. I mean, we've seen that with StarCraft and StarCraft 2. Uh, what do you guys think? Like, I don't, I don't, I can't think of any other company that has managed to maintain such a good quality after five years of existence of a video game. Yeah, and I, I think the, the reason, the reason that that is true, I, I, I think you're right. I think Blizzard is basically the only people that have proved that they can do that for five years. Um, they got, they, you know, they cut their teeth. Not even on World of Warcraft before that, right? Like Diablo two lasted many, many years, still is played. StarCraft two, uh, or sorry, sorry, the original StarCraft lasted many years, still is played. They're remastering the whole thing. They're remastering it, yeah. Um, I have a hypothesis. It's because they're D and D nerds. D and D, Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. A game could last forever. I think no. it's that they only have four games, <laughs> like five, four games, and, and like. Overwatch and Hearthstone and what's the other one? Heroes of the Storm are all relatively new, right? Yeah, so really yeah they, but they Hearthstone, have the... Heroes of the Storm already take from characters built into existing IPs. Right, that's, yeah, so there's that. And also the fact that they have just such a small amount of games and are still making so much money from World of Warcraft. Like, it, I'm, it feels like they put a lot into each of their games. And yeah. But that's the thing. If you're a dungeon master and you're creating a world, you're going to keep it ongoing because that's what makes it fun. You want people invested. You want people committed. That's 
what the game is. And if you play that game, you play it over and over again, you're willing to jump into it because it's an ever-evolving world. And that's what Blizzard did in their IPs. Here are the worlds we've created. Here are the stories, whether you play for the story or the loot. But this is how we're going to keep getting you to invest in the game because you're interested. Yeah. We should all play D&D. We should all play Diablo. We should all oh. play Diablo three. I mean, I'm, I'm. It makes me enthusiastic that I'm. I know I'm going to pick up this this game at some point and and, and dive in. Oh yeah! If, now that you got a PC, the there's no excuse not to have Diablo. Was that you guys picked at the same time? Yeah. I knew you brothers Sorry. and you like you have <laughs> thoughts connected uh, connected thoughts, but I, I need to. <laughs> Curtis, you go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying, to be honest, the reason I joined this room is I thought we were going to be playing some Diablo 3. <laughs> Damn, well, well bummer. Yeah. <laughs> Very good, um, man. Good piece of news. Um, and you, you have a segue right there. I think it's it's open. It is open, indeed. Activision Blizzard bought the makers of Candy Crush King. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember Which that. means, guess what they're working on? A Call of Duty mobile game. Oh, okay. Oh! Right, okay. oh. <laughs> Curtis and I. I thought, I thought it was going for like a Blizzard theme Candy Crush, and I was like, please no. <laughs> no, it's a, it might be a Call of Duty themed Candy Crush. You can say it. Actually, AK 47s in a row and they all explode. No, just yes. say it, Sandy. Just say the words in a row, please. All of Candy? Yes! <laughs> <laughs> It just feels so good to hear. Oh, it feels so good. The call of candy. <laughs> call of candy. Call of candy, which is uh, not my favorite John Candy movie. <laughs> I don't Do know. Any... Is that it? Is that all? Okay. That, that's all I have. That, that's I need a, some it's teasing. Gonna thing. And it's going to be a thing. Okay, that's what. Well, we're they're doing. just right now. They're just like they're hiring. They're looking for people. So they're like, hey, you know, if you're good at telling stories in this, we're interested in you. Come join okay. us. I have a question. Why is there any no mobile game that is only playable on iPad? Because I feel like just doing something portable on iPad and iPhone kind of limitates the like any kind of you know game mechanics or gameplay or controls. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. No hard there are feeling. iPad only games. I think you just don't hear about them because I mean people go for mobile's monetization strategy is all about as many eyeballs as many. As large yeah. install base as you can possibly yeah. get a hold of. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, as long as we're continuing the Blizzard train to Justin's, <laughs> what to Justin's else? Love, yeah. News? What else in Blizzard news? I guess it was a big week for Blizzard, which honestly I don't know what the heck they're going to talk about at BlizzCon at this point. But my next piece of news is Heroes of the Storm. It's getting in a basically a 2.0. It feels like a, a basically a whole new game. Um, same structure, but they're essentially changing pretty fundamentally the monetization strategy. I think many of you probably like, like me, you had this experience of you hop into Heroes of the Storm and basically everything you can get in the game seems to be locked behind some sort of amount of money that they want you to pay. So it was a free to play game, but it seemed like heroes were like 10 or 15 bucks and like, a skin was like five bucks. I was like, what is this game? Just let me give you money and give it to me. Um, well, they are revamping the system, and one of those products of this revamp is Loot Chest. That's right. Heroes of the Storm has gone the full Overwatch, ladies and gentlemen. Um, 
they're basically redoing the monetization structure so that everything can be earned, or I think most things can be earned, through playtime, like you see in many other free-to-play games, like your League of Legends. And also, they're going to have these sort of random drop loot chests, so you can get things like skins, and they are adding in, very surprisingly, voice lines for characters, and they are adding in sprays. Oh, sprays! <laughs> Something yes. that I hate in Overwatch and yet is rammed down my throat anyway. Um, you'll be able to spray now. <laughs> um, and I don't know. Like I, I guess I just wanted to put it to you guys. Um, we've all played Heroes of the Storm together. That was many, many episodes ago on the show. Um, now that they're restructuring, now you have hero levels, you have your own personal player level, so you can level up like crazy again. Uh, these loot chests, rarity drop types, banners, sprays, emojis, portraits. Are you? Does this renew your interest in Heroes of the Storm, or does it spark your interest in Heroes of the Storm? Is this sort of the thing you've been waiting for, or is this something that makes you go, eh, still not for me? I mean, I like playing Heroes of the Storm because there's always the weird random things that you do with friends. Like when one of them, Yannick, uh, decides to play with the mouse included in a MacBook, which isn't a mouse at all. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Man. Uh, in terms of how they offer the the loot chest, it's very similar to League of Legends or, or Dota. In Dota, all the characters are open and available to play. But if you want to make cosmetic changes, that's where you have to buy into it. So this isn't really anything new to what we're used to play yeah. doing in competitive games. And we've done it in Overwatch. So I feel very the same plateau, maybe. Well, Yeah, I was expecting when I saw the headline of the news and, and at 2.0, I was like, okay, um, they're maybe trying to reinvent... Um, reinvent it not the genre because the genre is what it is uh reinvent the giving us new maps new modes new something innovate somewhere they're just reinventing the cash flow at this point and uh, and i i just it's it's cool for me and yes they're they've learned they, they're adopting a great system coming from overwatch that i'm sure is showing great source of revenue um and they probably want to adopt it and to be fair i think that right now the way i see it is that when they um, released Heroes of the Storm as a clear competitor of League of Legends and Dota. It I think is not that, a competitor to League or Dota. Not well, by any means. Well, I, I think it, it's, there's something about it that is intended to be that. You don't feel that way? No, no but the, it's, it's some, it is a MOBA. It's easier to play. Are, are you saying it's not a competitor because it's nowhere near as good as those other two games? Because that's the only reasonable like take here. It's the exact same <laughs> game. It just feels like they've made the version for babies. Yeah, so that's what I'm. That's what I wanted to finish. Is like I think they were trying to come up and compete at least in their minds, and now they're pulling back and making it just the accessible MOBA, where you quickly get leveled up, quickly get skins, quickly play with as many characters as you want, and just get you know and get money quickly from people. Yeah, um, no, I'm shaking my head because it it was uh, when this was first announced as Defense of the Ancients. It was never meant to be like a competitor. It was always meant to be accessible because mm -hmm. you have to kind of think of Blizzard in the same sense of Disney. They don't want to alienate people from playing their games. Yeah. They want more people to be involved and to play. So making something difficult to 
to play like Dota or League isn't in their best interest financially. So this game was always meant to be accessible to everyone and to anyone who hadn't picked up a MOBA yet. I think this 2.0 update is going to give the game a shot in the arm. I'm hoping that what what's going to happen now is now you'll be able to jump into matches with people and see cool skins and see cool banners or cool sprays and, and, and these type of things. The type of thing that when you're in an Overwatch match... or when Make you feel in, unique, yeah. Yeah, or, or when you're playing Destiny or whatever, where you go, whoa, what's that thing? Like, I want that thing. And really sort of give people a reason to play other than, like... Basically, Heroes of the Storm had no reason to continue playing. You hit a max player level, and you could max out a character level, and if you only played a couple characters, you were done, right, essentially. And now, between the no more handing out of this weird gold stuff to purchase like for your daily quest getting onto this loot box stuff i think it's smart but uh yeah it's not going to change anybody's mind of like no this is dota you know nobody thinks this is dota at least i don't think the only thing i want to throw out there is that genji is rumored to be the next one yeah there is like some some screenshots that have been analyzed somewhere on reddit uh, some screenshots <laughs> from somewhere, and and, Sorry, and you it, just if you generically know, said how the internet works, like that's yeah, there's some screenshots the from <laughs> screenshots somewhere. Reddit, boom. Um, I don't know how legit that is, but they do have a, they do have a cool website where their latest news is uh, laid out, but also their next plan updates on different things. It's like new battleground coming this date, new um, new warrior new hero coming out this this one q a coming out this date it's kind of cool i like that they're map mapping their their um their their upcoming content and uh i don't know it's it's almost like we're gonna be able to have a full overwatch team in heroes as well so that's gonna be some quite something cool guys let's take a break let's take a break and when we come back we've got even more <laughs> Blizzard news. No, do we? Do we? I don't think we do. I was about to say, when we come back, Curtis will still be here. <laughs> when we come back, <laughs> Curtis will still be here. Stay Kick us off with some some more sweet news, baby. Yes. Um, Okay, I'm going to come up with some fresh new game that we've never heard of before. How does that sound? No. Um, So I was prepping this show on a busy week and and usually crawl around Reddit and all our favorite websites that we like to check on uh, many times in the days. And not being productive at all. So there is. I didn't know what you're um, talking about. I'm super productive. Okay, got it. (laughs) Uh, Say yes. uh, I know there's a couple of. uh, Say yes. I know there there's a couple of um, Dark Souls fans that are listening to us and um, and me, including me, including myself. And and there is a game that didn't appear on my radar until today, and uh, until this week is it's called The Surge. Have you guys heard about this game? Horrible name. Okay. The surge. The surge. It sounds it like something sounds... I would drink. It, yeah. Well, it was a drink. Yeah. And uh, so the surge is pretty much um, a game made by the team at Deck Thirteen, and uh, they pretty much you know 
like they like to say it in like when they reveal the game it it's pretty much a a, a brutal twist and it, it's it's a dark souls like sci-fi game um where i guess if you take things out of dark souls uh, a lot of melee combat a lot of difficulty a lot of different enemies a gigantic world uh, yeah. that you that you progress through and uh, in a sci-fi environment and that sounds pretty cool to me on paper and uh, it got even cooler when I read this latest news where um, one of their one of their developers was talking about the the creative director uh, Jan Klose um, I'm trying to think if they're a German company and because that that name sounds very German to me. So during the combat when you are in front of someone uh, you can literally target uh, pieces of their body. You can target, you know, specific body parts. And depending on the body part that you're going to target, so you can either slice them up in half or just cut their leg, cut their arm. And depending on what piece of body you're going to cut, you're going to be able to loot the equipment that they had on this body part. So let's say you analyze an enemy and he has, you know, he has a great, like, knee pads, I guess, on his, on his right knee. You're going to be able to cut that leg. And that's the only way you're going to be able to collect this knee pad it sounds very gore um in this podcast i hope you guys don't have breakfast or anything but you know with my thumb story and my body parts move like getting off people i'm 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 on the theme (laughs) Um, the the theme is decapitation yeah this theme theme is is his body parts are moving is that what what you said (laughs) no body part like whatever um <laughs> okay, and I don't know. It's really cool, and and they really showed at the end uh, cool, in the yeah. video. They show a um, a range of different weapons and armor set that you can have, and it looks like you can really look badass. The more you progress, the more you steal body, uh, the more you steal armors from 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 enemies you kill, and uh, you know what? Another another type of Dark Soul. If it's that good, I'm 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 totally on it. I'm totally ready to start a new franchise as well. And uh, and it should be interesting. I'm really. You know, uh, I'm really I can't into help it. but wonder, and I can't help but notice that everybody was trying to make the slickest, most tutorialized, most linear slash open world. Those were the, basically the only two games getting made. Those and shooters. Then all of a sudden, Dark Souls makes a little bit of money, and a lot of games like this start cropping up, huh? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm, yep. Yeah, <laughs> starting to. Surf on the wave. It's the 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 game media is all just a a giant gigantic sea, uh, yeah. with waves and and tsunamis and stuff like that. You know, I'd say that this is the type of game that's either gonna that's gonna put the theory to the test of do people like hard games with very deep and complex mechanics, or do people just like Dark Souls? Um, yeah. Even mm-hmm. Neo was one of these games where it. it there, it's part of this new genre of game that hasn't been around since like early 3D to me. I mean, it was certainly around in 2D, but like hasn't been around since early 3D, which is it's so hard that it's like cultural video game culture bragging rights to talk about that you're playing it. Does that make any sense? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. And it's 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 gonna be. Um... I think it's going to be a, a great thing to see. And, and you're right. If if I don't like it, I'd be like, well, 
I'm not I'm not a genre fan. I'm just a Dark Souls fan, and and that's yeah. gonna give them even more credit to make another one. Be like, well, I mean, apparently they should. The same people that make Dark Souls also make Bloodborne, and Bloodborne Two should be announced at E3. I've seen as well some screenshots on Reddit on the Ooh, internet. Yes. Um, oh my god. Oh yes. That that just came out of a uh, of something <laughs> I read about a, a schedule for E3 that leaked, and you know how they have those. Leaked. Sets 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 of gameplay reveal video leaked leaks elite. Yeah, uh, um, Bloodborne is the only one of these games that I've played and enjoyed, and will probably continue to be. I oh, honestly, yeah. the thing about Bloodborne, I, I just spend so much time going like, look at this weird place. <laughs> like, this, I was yeah, as, yeah. as pulled in yeah. by the world of Bloodborne as I was by anything else. Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. That's a huge part of that game and of Dark Souls Three. I didn't play much of two or one, but but like, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris. There's something about Bloodborne that that world that has that sort of gothic overtone of like the best of Resident Evil Four. Yeah, it's throughout that game is just each new place you go to and like all the enemies you encounter and stuff. Yeah, all creepy. Everything. I, I felt I felt the same way a lot in Dark Souls Three, but Dark Souls Three had some. I guess it was a little bit more diverse, and then it had like a you know, ice palace and like some some beautiful locations. But Bloodborne was a bit like creepier. Yeah, it's a little bit more high fantasy versus like that weird like vampiric, gothic sort of stuff. Yeah, and I, I mean I'm super excited if two is going to be announced. That sounds awesome yeah in bloodborne you're just a hunter in dark souls you're already a knight that sounds a little bit more you know a little less horrific just a little bit more historical a little bit more from the past but not necessarily as badass um i just don't like that the guy in the surge looks like he's a fallout boy he not, does not, not, and i don't mean from the band fallout boy i mean from the game yeah. <laughs> it almost feels like you're gonna have that german shepherd in the next yeah video i know behind no him. kidding yep. dog meat get in there all right, Sandy, what else you got? I've got a new IP. What? Oh, uh, look at us. During the Game Awards last year, an, an action RPG was announced called Dauntless. Kind of. It looks pretty. It's free to play for PC in 2017. Mm-hmm. However, if you want to get into the alpha, you got to pay some cash. <laughs> this is so Stupid. Test our game out for us and pay us for it. Which it's this is it's a game brought by Phoenix Labs. Um, The art looks very pretty, very interesting, but it kind of feels like it's in the same vein of like H1Z1, where that game's been in alpha, beta. I don't know what the hell it's in, but it's it's never leaving. It's never leaving. Um, This is meant to be an action RPG. I've kind of read some of the story and it's. It kind of feels Diablo-esque mixed with some Dota. But I mean, the gameplay itself looks like, I don't, it looks like some weird combination of Kingdoms of Amalur and kind of The Witcher. It's a very odd looking game to me. No, it's it's kind of like the the art style and like the heroes. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You can pay for the Slayer tier, which is 40 bucks. Gives you closed beta access. But Makes you champion status for 90 days. Comes <laughs> a Slayer pack. Only for 90 days? 90 days. <laughs> and then after that, you scrub. 
<laughs> Give us 40 bucks again, you scrub. Yeah. Uh, then the one above that is the hero tier. It includes everything from the slayer tier. Plus some Tron smog stones. Do you guys think that there's not enough like title shaming in video games? Like what if everybody that was playing the like version of Final Fantasy 14 where you don't pay every month just had like scrub attached to their name? <laughs> <laughs> I'd love just to like I wonder how effective that would be to getting people to like fork up some cash. No, I mean I think some people would want to be Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. like snurf accounts and you're like yeah that's totally me I'm a and then for a hundred dollars it's on sale right now for 80 you can be a founder oh a hundred dollars you can save twenty dollars on this free-to-play game that's not finished yeah and you <laughs> no, get the I'm so founders alpha. i'm so angry okay i'm gonna be the devil's advocate here if it wasn't kickstarter everybody would have been so hipster and so excited about this and just because i guess it's not marketed well i guess we're just shitting all over it right now <laughs> no it's just it's just weird though it's like i don't this game is meant to be free to play it's a free to play game but you're asking for money to play the alpha and you're not asking for like 20 bucks you're asking for a hundred dollars yeah what the and heck it's is like, going on it's like you'll be the first to walk among to walk in the shattered aisles and it's like shattered aisles no I'm your qa sure testers are the first to walk among <laughs> joke on you we didn't qa it <laughs> <laughs> our level designers are the first to walk among you're the second to walk among <laughs> it's just <sighs> This is it upsetting. seems silly to me. Like, I don't want to play for a free-to-play game to test it for some company because, hey, you're going to get all these perks. I'm like, what if the game doesn't even make it? Then I'm out $100. You know, I heard a lot about the uh, the guys on Giant Bomb talking about this game. Um, apparently, people are calling it a Monster Hunter-like, which is essentially, yeah. if you guys haven't played Monster Hunter, um, it is a game where, like, you typically alone, but... Uh, other, you have like co-op friends in this particular game, go and just hunt giant monsters and then you use monster parts to craft weapons and armor. Um, that is fundamentally a super awesome thing and I've played the Monster Hunter game so I'm like, I get why this is good, but I just have not had a Monster Hunter with like good graphics ever because they've all been on 3DS. So if there's a good Monster Hunter and a mon- multiplayer Monster Hunter immediately puts this game to bed in my opinion like there's no reason to be paying a hundred dollars to when monster hunter which is a very well designed game is not going to exceed sixty dollars on switch and like you said curtis i'm excited to play more games on switch yeah i mean i i don't know that to me it just feels like the same thing you saw with like dungeon defenders 2 like it's going to be free there's going to be some people that are super excited about it for whatever reason. And those people are probably willing to give that money to get in early before everyone else. So, I mean, yeah. as a developer, why not take advantage of that? I guess so. I just like, I feel like with a relatively unproven developer, why, why take advantage of anybody yet? I, but I could be wrong. So, um, yeah. Yeah. It's an unknown IP. I don't really know what Phoenix Labs has done, and I don't really know their story, and they're Canadian. Oh, well, that's it right there. We're all done. I don't know. It, it could be good. I don't know. I'm just not interested, and I'm not happy 
with the hundred dollars and you can be a founder. Forty bucks maybe. A hundred dollars. Yeah. Too much yeah. for a video game. Mm. Yeah, that's a lot. That's true. I, okay. I I try to defend them, but I, I ran out of arguments pretty quickly on this one. Have you noticed? <laughs> My last piece of news for the day is Mac gaming. Dun dun dun! That's not a thing. Talking about that <laughs> Nvidia GPU. Okay, so it's been a big week for Mac fans like me. Um, there has Apple made a, had a Mac roundtable where they invited certain hardcore members of the Apple press and said, look, uh, the Mac Pro, uh, the exact quote is, we painted or designed ourselves into a bit of a thermal corner with its current design. That is the uh, black cylinder, very iconic looking, very cool looking computer, but unfortunately did not have some of the features people expected from a Pro Mac. It looked uh, like a trash can. People say that. I think it looked good. I thought it looked like a cool jet engine or something. But <laughs> yeah, it looked like a trash can from Ikea. Okay. <laughs> well, I love Apple. Apple said, look, we're working on a new Mac Pro that is going to support modular components, which means you can take out things like RAM and put in things like graphics cards. And it's not coming this year, but alongside it, we're also working on new Apple displays. So Apple is getting back in the monitor business because, well, a lot of people just don't want to buy that shitty LG monitor that they tried to push on them. So I was like, okay, Macs with graphic card capabilities. Great standalone desktop Macs. Mac cares about power again. All right. I'm excited about that. And then, of course, today... NVIDIA reveals the NVIDIA Titan XP, their new top-of-the-line graphics card with special drivers to work on OS X. Or, sorry, Mac OS now. Mac OS. <laughs> so, uh, I was like, a, what? You mean Mac OS? Like, yeah, exactly. So the <laughs> NVIDIA Titan XP, new top-of-the-line NVIDIA graphics card, works on Macs. New Mac Pro announcement. They said it's not going to be shipping this year. Um, so we don't know when it could ship. It could ship as late as 2019, but I guess these two things have me incredibly excited. And I wanted to ask you guys, look, there's obviously a lot of problems with the ecosystem and availability, but if you could play any game, any game on both platforms, Windows or Mac, assuming you could get whatever graphics cards and stuff you wanted on your Mac, what system would you game on? PC. Sandy's PC. I mean, if you're telling me I have the same library and every game I want to play is going to be available on Mac and run, even if you told me 80% is good, I would I would sell my PC today. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% with you. Yeah, I would, I would sell my PC too. I mean, I every time I go to work, I got to remember that I have a, that I have like a another type of of of, of you know key bindings like yeah. <laughs> keyboard you know what I mean oh, yeah, it's just that kind of ecosystem that is broken for me and and Mac is what I use for work and what I will be using for the next couple of decades or I mean who knows but um, it just it just feels better in every way and I think that their expertise can really beneficiate in the way resources are used when when running a game. And hopefully, compared to a PC, you can have resources like a new graphics card that can be used on the longer term 
than a graphic card on a PC that might just get outdated a little bit quicker. I'm hoping if Mac is able to do things like top-end NVIDIA graphics cards, which could lead to VR stuff, which could lead to the gaming community recognizing, okay, we can reach visual or functional parity across these titles. More and more game engines, Unreal, Unity, you can export to Mac and PC. It's not that big a deal. It's a lot of these sort of proprietary engines. And Blizzard used to be, and still in some ways, is pretty loyal at, at coming out with Mac ports for their games. Um, right, except for Overwatch. Except Overwatch. It kills me, yeah. yeah. It really and it, me. it's because I, I think Apple's waited too long. Um, their laptops, you can't really update. I don't think the... They say you'll have a pro machine that you can update, but you're not going to be able to do it in the same way that you can with a PC. Yeah. Uh, I think they've waited too long. And the market for gaming and gaming peripherals is loyal to the PC. So Razer's already making... The Razer Blade looks amazing. It's phenomenal. It's beautiful. And the price point makes it worth it. The only thing that separates Apple from a PC is their software. And they've been kind of negligent with the pro scene. So unless their software to match, they're not going to catch up. And it's going to be PCs for gaming. It just makes more sense fiscally. Uh, I want to hear more about your point of you're not going to be able to upgrade a Mac in the same way that you would a PC. And also... The, the, the whole argument that, oh, I can upgrade any part in my PC anytime I want, to me is, is, is kind of stupid because, sure, I can go buy myself a GTX 1080 and pop that in and most of my games will run a bit better, but then all of a sudden my i5 is going to be the bottleneck in everything I play, and now I have to upgrade that. And now all of a sudden, you know, maybe I, I want faster RAM, now I have to upgrade my motherboard so it supports that and it supports the chipset for the new uh, processor I bought. And I have to make sure it's the right PCI version for my new graphics card. And, oh, wait a second. I've just upgraded my entire computer. This this idea that you can upgrade one part just means that you've built your system in a way that, like, you way overspent on a certain component and didn't, like, try to keep everything at the same level. Well, the Pro you can open up. But if they go smaller in the way they've been doing with their iPhones, MacBooks... An iMac, if the Pro Machine ends up looking like an iMac, it's a pain in the ass to open. And, like, I've seen the inside of an iMac. It's a nightmare. And I got into a fight with Arya over opening the iMac. Because <laughs> I'm like, don't do it. You need suction cups. You gotta open that. You gotta be careful. Oh, you need a clean it's space. A it's nightmare. not easy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I would much rather update all the... If I have to update all the components uh, on my PC, yeah, I but, would much rather do that than try to open an iMac. But at that point, you're but just for, buying a new PC. So, like, just buy the new Mac is, is, is where I was sort of going with that. I, I was going to say, I, as, as much as, as impressed as I've been with a lot of displays that have come out, I still there's still no display, in my opinion, that beats a Mac monitor. Um, especially if you start going into their 5K double laminated like yeah, but the Apple display game. hadn't been updated in years. I think they Dell didn't makes drop the price just across the board. Um, I, the Dell screens are like the nicest, sharpest screens I've ever seen. 
That's fair. I mean, I don't know how much time you spent looking at the 5K iMac. Uh, hey, yeah, the, the, the 5K iMac is, is sort of a different thing. It, it is a different class. But, I mean, if that's and, – and a lot of people are rumoring that the new Apple displays are going to be 8K Apple displays, which is a whole different thing that we could talk about. But I, I for me, look, for listeners, this podcast doesn't happen without logic. And it doesn't happen without uh, – uh, for for, but like, for all when the was editing. the last time Logic was updated? Logic gets wait a minute. Logic gets updated like once every at least six months. It was just updated That's, a couple of weeks ago. Let's see, to the internet. To the internet. Logic. While you look at the internet, I, I do have a um, a counterpoint to what I was saying too. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm I would be going all for Mac if if the possibility of gaming on was was possible. What I just see is happening if we get into that system is that. Um, we kind of get tied up. I'm, I'm thinking about the way it's happening for the iPhone right now, where innovation um, kind of like makes us uh, deprecate older device faster, and uh, and where we might just get in a situation where, compared to PC, where you have this ecosystem of competitors making hardware and kind of like chasing after each other, and at the end, we are the consumer and we benefitiate from that. Um, you know, you have the, the for graphic cards, you have m- many more manufacturers. And I remember when building my PC, it was kind of like a not an easy decision to make, granted. But I knew for a fact after reaching out, after documenting myself, that if I was going for a good one or a great one, it would be the great one. And um, and if you tie yourself up with a hardware software from Mac, from Apple, um, I'm just worried that us and the game developers are really too much tied up with what Apple will come up with now you tell me that we can add our own uh, graphic card to it but if i end up in a, in an ecosystem where you know they end up in i don't know in the next 20 years or something like that where we end up in a system where we have to always follow up with what they're coming up always follow up purchasing uh the the, the latest device and not really able to modify parts you can put yourself in a situation when you spend a lot of money and give it to apple I can tell you what, if I'm still editing a podcast on a full desktop computer in 20 years, I will stop using computers <laughs> because <laughs> in 20 years, I fully expect that an iPad or a, a device with a similar form factor uh, should be able to take care of everything that uh, I need it to. This is not something I do often, but I was wrong. Logic Whoa. gets updated frequently. <laughs> oh, my God. Sandy was I wrong. Know. I get updates Sandy all was the time. wrong. <laughs> I get updates all uh, the time. Yeah. Sorry. I'm no, usually but I'm right. I don't know. I just, I just like, I got into RUC's Aperture, and that's Oh, that's I know. I like Aperture is a bummer. True. And I mean, then truly. it's kind of, it. that was the thing that happened. And you don't really get the same thing with photos. A lot of things were taken out. A lot of things were put in, and a lot of the pros one thing freaked nice... out about Final Cut too. And I have to say, as somebody who, like, I I work at a place called DIY, at, at least for another twenty four hours as of the time of this recording. <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, and so one of the guys that works with me is a guy. Uh, his name is Alfonso, and he he worked at uh, Pixar. Um, and man, oh man, does he have plenty of cool war stories and stuff that I was like, I'm, I'm picking his brain for. Um, but one of the things he told me is like Final Cut Pro 10 is something that the second you get used to it, everything else seems old and bad. 
and I could not agree more with that piece of software. Mm -hmm. And to hear somebody who is like professionally in movie making say that made me like feel so much better. I was like, am I crazy? This seems better. But anyway. Yeah. But to be fair, this is not gaming. And I hope I hope at least that this change will make it will make the availability better. Um, yeah. Because why wouldn't I be able to play a game if I just have a Mac? That's also another way to see it. Question I keep asking. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, that's yeah, that's something that you would you would whether whether you're a PC fan or a Mac fan, you have to be agreeing with the fact that we should all play together. Um, yeah, and I just think that yeah. like I mean, all players should be excited for um, Mac people who are known to quote spend more uh, to get their hands on VR stuff because it's going to grow that ecosystem and help that stay healthy too. You want the people who are used to big ticket purchases on that train because it's going to help keep that industry alive mm -hmm. so. well <laughs> talking about big uh ticket purchase <laughs> train <laughs> yeah. uh we have we have something Whoa. here that was revealed and um well the price was not announced but the project scorpio tech was revealed so uh tldr we don't have a name we don't have a price but we know what's in it and i think we'll the next time we'll know more about project scorpio from microsoft is going to be at E3 2017, where hopefully we'll have demos. Um, I'm so excited. So I'm to give so you a little excited. bit more perspective, instead of throwing just specs at it, um, we have we have a, a CPU 30% faster than the Xbox One's uh, current current specs. Um, it's it's we have something that is supposed to help us really dive in full like with both feet. Um, what is it? It's eight two point three gigahertz x eighty six cores, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I mean, if you have never really looked at specs of other consoles like me, you kind of don't, you kind of see it as numbers <laughs> and not really just put them in perspective. But um, when you put four to six, four uh, K sixty frames, four to six, beautiful game. Uh, the system is around sixty seventy percent of its full power, so you're going to be able to comfortably do VR, be able to comfortably do 4K and uh and 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 it's it's apparently rumored at around a price of $499. And uh I want to hear your opinion on that Curtis on that pricing um because we talked about it uh, in in real life. And uh to finish on that, you know, it's obviously going to be more powerful than the PS4 Pro. Uh my concern here is that right now I hope that Microsoft is aware this is not going to make your console or your gaming system, next gaming system, whatever the name is, it's not going to make it number one. you got to come up with, with good games. We gotta, you got to come up with, like, you know, good reasons, other reasons for us to come, to come back. And not that it's a disaster, but I'm just saying if you want to be number one, just remember that this is not just the only thing that will, uh, that will sell us. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... That's always you're always going to need the games. It doesn't matter if you have you know a two hundred dollar console that is more powerful than a PS4 Pro. If there's no games, no one's going to want to play it. But that that being said, I mean, it seems pretty impressive that they've they've built something here that can actually do 4K and 60 frames a second when the Xbox One feels like it can barely handle 30 FPS at 1080 on most of the games that come out. And then the, the the like the one thing I feel bad about is like after using my PC almost exclusively for several months, when I go back to the Xbox, 
it feels incredibly sluggish. The whole OS on that thing just moves so slowly. And even compared to PS4, the PS4 menu system runs fine for me. That's It's kind of sad that I feel like I need to spend $500, at, presuming that's the price that this thing comes out at. I don't really care about the 4K because my TV can't handle that. But right. mm-hmm. I just I just I just want to be able to hit the Xbox button and have the thing pop up and not take four seconds for me to get into a party. It's unbelievable. Although, have you used the latest UI update? They did finally make that stuff actually. Fast. They made it a little. I mean, bit I, I, I've been yeah. I've used my Xbox last week. Is that too late? I mean, it's still <laughs> not. It's, did you get? In, it's, it's like a new interface now when you push the Xbox button. Yeah, just yeah. They changed they changed it so that the double tap what does what single tap used to do, and they they flipped the the buttons just to confuse you, but it didn't make anything <laughs> faster. Um, man, you know, I look, Curtis, I, I. Yeah, well, let's go back to what Yannick said about games. I think if Microsoft is honest with themselves, and I think if we're all honest, Xbox or uh, Gears of War and Halo are not the franchises they used to be. They simply aren't. They are not mm-hmm. the system sellers that they used to be. Yeah, they're going to move units, but you you either have to have something truly extraordinary to show with one of those franchises and the fact that Microsoft has studios dedicated to only making those games, to me, is a strategic weakness. Like, Microsoft has the coalition. You say, you only make Gears of War games. Give me a Gears of War game every three or four years. Sony has Naughty Dog, who continuously outputs not only different IP, but when they come up with new IP, boy, oh boy, is it blockbuster stuff. You know, Sony has Sony Japan. Sony has these studios that make a wide array of games and they just trust in the developers. Whereas Microsoft is doing the sort of, this is the 343 team. They only make Halo games. They are doomed to making Halo for the rest of their life. Here's what I need to see from Scorpio or from Microsoft at E3. Yes, this thing better be good, you know, and cool looking and not too big and all that sort of stuff. And be at the right price. But, like, Crackdown better be amazing. Oh, yeah. And it better, like, show me why this hardware is worth buying, right? Like, you have to show... Microsoft essentially has to come out with a new console and show every single game that Sony is going to show that is not an exclusive looking and running better. And then I think... all You know, gamers for gamers for all they say of, like... Oh, and with Sony, everybody that is owning a Sony PS4 this generation was an Xbox 360 player four years ago. You know, <laughs> that's just that was that's a product of how they launched the Xbox One. And gamers are fickle, and when they hear PS4 is runs games better, they're gonna say, "Oh, it's the same price, so I'm gonna get the thing that runs the games better." Right, and I, I think the hope is that between this, the Scorpio and some of the price drops to Xbox and the Play Anywhere stuff that they're positioning themselves to have developers make some exclusives for them to, to get people on board. Yeah, with the Play Anywhere stuff, now not only could you play on both your PC and Xbox, but now with the new console, you might not even lose a tick of visual clarity. Heck, on my PC, it might look better on my Xbox. Yeah, that scares me. 
If I had <laughs> to give really uh, sad. It, and if I had to give one advice, I think if uh, this console comes out in this upcoming holiday season, uh, you should probably wait until uh, you purchase a 4K display, whatever it is, a monitor or a TV, because I feel like um, a console like this coming out. Uh, with a the capability of running 4K so smoothly will drive a market of you know will drive sales also uh, in a, in VR but also just like in, in in monitors that will be like Xbox Scorpio ready and uh, so like if you're deciding well, I mean, right now I think VR I think that not, they have made no VR announcements yeah I don't think this is something where they're going to focus on VR I think they're going to do the opposite of what Sony's doing. And I think this is exclusively for the hardcore gamer. So this is a premium console, and it's next gen. It's not... I don't think it's meant to compete with anything that's current. I think it's meant to replace it. And so far, everything that Microsoft said they were going to do, they're doing. Can you imagine if they come out at E3, they show this console at the correct price point looking good... By the way, the uh, the new NVIDIA graphics card is using the same vapor technology, which I re- have you guys read about this stuff? A little wa- There's a chamber where distilled water sits, and it pools on heat spots and then bounces off to dissipate water. This is going to be the new – it's like a liquid cooling mechanism built inside all the – it anyway, it's very, very cool. But Your computer is going to become an amusement park in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, yeah, so they have a screenshot of Forza 6 – running at 60 frames a second 4K, and they say that the GPU is at 66% capacity uh, yeah. running that game. Yeah, that's what I mentioned at the exciting. beginning of the news, but it's... No, it, it's true. I don't think VR will be the focus, but... Um, no, but, but what I'm, I'm saying is, is if is they come out this... The, uh, sorry uh, to cut you off, but at E3, and they have, they have this thing looking great, all the other games that Sony's going to show looking better, then they have Crackdown that looks amazing... And if they kick in something like OG Xbox backwards compatibility, but it is, isn't it backwards compatible? No, no, it totally is. It's it's compatible with Xbox One games and of course Xbox 360 through emulation. But I'm saying if they announce a similar program as they have with Xbox 360 for Xbox games, and I can play Fusion Frenzy again, <laughs> or if I can play Brute Force again. I'm oh, out of my mind. Yeah, can't wait to see more, though. It's funny that right now we, we know about specs of something, but we don't know its name or its availability, <laughs> its release dates. It's kind yeah. of fun. But so yeah, the opposite. excited. It was excited the opposite with prog- Nintendo. It's called the Switch. Progress. Don't worry about That's- what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, excited about innovations, though. We're huge nerds and can't wait to see what Microsoft has in plan. Awesome. Did, did we do it? Another episode. Uh, it's yeah. another one. And we, we even finished it, it on time with Curtis. That's crazy. Unbelievable. Well, <laughs> Curtis, did you have like, any news that we forgot? Did we forget any big piece of news this week? Um, Personal thoughts? The Blizzard anything? sale that we all lost uh, our... What do, you, what do you think of our new format? Since you don't listen to the show, what do you think of the new format? Um, all news all I, the time. I sort of, yeah, I sort of like the just... The flow, you just keep, you just bring something up, talk about it, and just sort of move on rather than be like, this is the thing for 40 minutes. Yeah. That, that works a bit nicer, I think. Um, you heard it at first. It works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hey guys, let's go play some video games this weekend. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Right. Can't hey, wait. as always, 
everybody except for Curtis gets Pixels Weekly episodes for free over at <laughs> PixelsWeekly.com. And hey, subscribe on iTunes. Why not? If you're listening on the web right now and you don't click on that iTunes button at the top of the page, what are you doing? Yeah, I don't know what you do. How high do I have like... to make my voice? Make <laughs> sure subscribe. Anyway, <laughs> you can like, follow us at uh, PixelsCast on Twitter and uh, at Pixels Weekly on Instagram, where we post different sort of things. And I'm going to be making all sorts of fun videos now that the Clips app has come out on iPhone. So expect a lot of videos with words appearing over them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a lot of that. So uh, that does it for us this week. And until next time. Adios. Au revoir. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you <ya laughs> next week.